Greetings, and welcome to Etzheim's weekly podcast, recorded live in Richardson, Texas. We invite you now to join us for one of our synagogue's Shabbat messages. Everybody can hear me? Yeah. Shabbat shalom, brothers and sisters, and Shabbat shalom, all the ones uh, that are uh, uh, watching the, this drash or this uh, Shabbat morning online uh, through YouTube and the Etzheim website. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to start praying myself as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Shabbat, this set-apart day on which you brought us here all together, not just here, but everything in the world and every part of the, every nation that is gathering in your day to celebrate this day of rest. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Please open our hearts open our minds, and may be your words that will be spoken, not mine. In Yeshua's name, in Yeshua's name amen. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I just wanted to warn you <laughs> that I have a strong accent. <laughs> my, uh, uh, my first language, obviously, should be English, but unfortunately, well, no, it's not unfortunately, it's Spanish. <laughs> so uh, I, if you don't understand something or there's something you need clar clarification, I'm always, you're always welcome to talk to me at the end. But today, uh, I wanted to start by expressing my complete gratitude for all the prayers, help, and support my family and I receive during times of trouble with some serious health issues uh, I have been going through uh, for the past years. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for us of the time. And Baruch Adonai for all the leaders and members of this community. Thank you so much. Really, I have to say and I have to admit it that this community, it's a giver community. This community, it will, it, it, it really helps in times of trouble. You're, and, 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 and I, I just know, I've been a member of this community for 11 years, about 11 years, and uh, this community helps and supports uh, ministries, supports people in, in need, so supports, you, you have no idea. And I wanted to thank uh, all the leadership and, and every person in this community that helped me uh, pray during the time that I was uh, passing through uh, a major test in my life. But anyway, during this time, I had the chance to rest, reconnect with our creator, with my family, to heal, and improve my body's well-being. This process, this process led me to face new challenges and take immediate actions, obviously, right? I needed to reconsider and focus on my life's priorities and I started to drop off, to drop all the weight, like the sinking ships that needed to, tr to throw offloads to survive and not to drown in the ocean. So when I was passing through hard times, I really needed to, to start thinking, okay, what is really the priority I need to, I need to be focused on? Because I can't, I can't take everything, right? But anyway, uh, in our lives, it's always wise to have a stopping point for praying and reconsidering what we need to drop off in our life that is not letting us shine or light of God and Yeshua. 
So we have to have a sincere talk with yourself and, and with your creator, with, with the spirit, and ask him, what, what, am I not, what, what I'm not doing correctly to shine and to be the light of the world, as Yeshua commanded to us. We have continuously, we have to continuously self-evaluate and sincerely recognize if we're truly experiencing the divine spirit of God and consuming fire in our lives. We need to examine if we are exercising the faith that was given to us. And what I mean exercising means, are we really serving? Are we uh, uh, sharing to the ones that don't know the, the, the truth? Are we exercising? Are we participating in the ministries? Are we like exercising the faith? That is clear. Today, I'm coming here with a humble heart to, communi to communicate a divine warning. Most of us are aware of current social, political, and spiritual events. My responsibility is to share this with the newer generations, and every, I mean, our current generation and newer generations in particular, something our Heavenly Father wants us to pay close attention for the next 10 years. I'm not pointing out to any specific dates. I'm not guessing or uh, I, I don't know any secret codes or something you don't know. Uh, but I have perceived in the spirit that what's coming in the next 10 years will turn things highly relevant in, our, in all our lives. So please open your heart and mind because what I'm about to say is a divine warning. I have a, I have a firm personal conviction that I cannot prove it, and I don't know when this will happen, but this future event has my heart trapped. This future event, it's, it's, it's been overwhelming to even think about it, because I believe you and I will be the generation that will witness the most exciting moment and challenging times in human history. I believe you and I will be the, the protagonist of an event that will move the entire cosmos. I believe you and I will contemplate the return of the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. I obviously obviously can't put dates or when his return will be because no one's know the day. But I do carry in my heart this firm belief that we have a big chance to be the chosen generation to experience his return. For the last few years, I have been carefully following all the alternative news, watching videos about things that happened, and observing the dark trend in venues like the entertainment industry, 
science, technology, world politics, etc., and dedicating a reasonable amount of time, and all this made me worry about the actual situation. It's like, oh my gosh, what are we, what are we gonna do? So during my praying time, I was almost reading the news for God, right? Like, hey, God, you, you see this? <laughs> almost, almost reading the news for him. <laughs> and I was saying, Father in heaven, look at all what is happening. The darkness is advancing. The darkness is advancing. It's just moving forward. And they have publicly declared they're coming after our children to twist, to twist them in their souls. They have publicly declared they're coming after our children to confuse them, to don't even know what gender they are, what uh, they want to be, a dog or a cat or a lion or what. I mean, it is, it is incredible. Look at all the problems threatening us like a possible third world war. God, did you notice all the economic crisis that is supposedly, that is supposedly ahead of us and will shake the entire world? Did you notice that, God? You know? It's like... So I asked God in my prayer, Father, are these the signs of Yeshua's return? Please show me the correct information and what I need to do. Next slide. So I felt confronted with an answer that came into my brain, like in my prayer, from the Holy Spirit saying, refrain from getting obsessed with knowing all the information and make sure to be in the correct position. In other words, do not get obsessed with knowing all the information, but to worry about being in the proper orientation. In other words, make sure you stay in the, on the way, the truth, and the life. Because honestly, I consider myself a, a prepper. I mean, I start years ago, like even thinking about buying a land in there and start getting uh, like a, 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 a bug out b uh, bag and, and start literally, I invest money <laughs> and resources and hours of thinking and what I'm going to do when, you know, when you know that, that word, uh, when that happens and what's going to happen. And, and I've been, uh, I was actually buying or making myself used to, uh, which is not bad. It's not, it's not bad to, to prepare, right? Because obviously something's coming ahead, but, but it's more important or what the Spirit of God pointed out to me is that I should be more worried about to be in the proper position. The proper position means to have my heart placed, to have my spirit, my, my, my actions placed in the correct position. And, that, that, and that's what I, what I felt. And this is, actually, this is something that I wanted to speak about this morning. So refrain from getting obsessed with knowing all the information and make sure to be in the correct position. We don't know everything, right? We, we, it's just gonna be hard to know all the videos, all the trends and everything that is coming. We lose so much time and we're wasting so much time and we better, we better focus 
to be in the right position, to be in, in the picture, right? to be ready when, when the time is, is coming. So, in other words, oh, sorry, next page. There is an explosion. There's an expl lately and, and in the last years, there's an explosion of biblical knowledge and interpretations. Some teach about secret codes, extra biblical books, and many other interesting topics. Here in a time, we are an oasis of biblical knowledge and passion for the word of God, which I love it. But sometimes we, we get saturated with information about the last days, the millennium, the prophecies, and many other topics that sometimes, unfortunately, are the cause of divisions and lack of brotherhood, love, and respect among believers because of doctrinal differences. I have always said that our doctrinal differences should not be an excuse to be cold-hearted and indifferent to one another. There's nothing wrong with searching for information. I'm not against information or knowledge, but a non-stop overdose of information can confuse our minds and make us lose what is most important. Next page. Next slide, please. Which is not to know, which is not to know everything, but to be ready for God, for God for what God wants. That's the most important. To be ready to act when he calls us. We have to put ourselves in a position. In, a, in the position, we have to put our heart in the right position. And this message is a challenge to take a stand. If you and I, next slide please. If you and I are going to be the generation that experiences the return of Yeshua, there's a position that he, that he expects from us. So please follow me to read Matthew 25, 1-13, which is right there. It's, oops, all together, but right there. <laughs> we have probably went through this parable hundreds of times. But I'm going to say that I'll be, I, I, ha, I have been... Uh, carefully studying all the parables, Yeshua's parables in the last years. I've been amazed and, 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 and try to discover all the meaning that is embedded in that. I don't know if you know the, the terms, in, com in computer terms, there's called a zip files or like files where, where you put a lot of information, you know, a lot of uh, like heavy files in the computer terms, and then you zip it. And that's a file that you can send through any person, right? So you can send a file. And then when you get that file, you de uh, uh, de decompress it, and then you get all the information. So I've been, I know these parables are truly amazing, and, and they're loaded, loaded with a lot of information that I will recommend to reading it over and over and over and over and over and over. It's amazing. That, that's when we realize that this is non-human information. This is, this is actually, it doesn't belong to us. This is, this is actually information that it was brought by, obviously, the Messiah, who knows the future, the past, and everything. 
And he's given us a condensed prophecies embedded on a history on something which is a very Hebrew mindset uh, uh, in the, 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 the parables or the mashals, mashals in Hebrew. It has been years I have been studying and kept learning new things. And let's read it. Let's read the, the parable all together. I mean, there in your seat. Matthew 25, 113. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like the ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there might not be enough uh, for, for both of us. So you instead go to those who sell the oil and buy some for yourselves. But while, while the, the, they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived and the virgins who were ready. And what? The virgins who were ready. The virgins who were in the right position. There were the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the other ones also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. In other words, we don't have all the information. We don't have all the information. The only thing our Heavenly Father is requesting us is to be ready in the right position. We may not know everything, but we have to keep ourselves ready. The title of this message is The Priority is the Oil. Next slide. The Priority is the Oil. All believers in all nations are mentioned in this parable. The number 10 represents the, the fullness of, in, in this case, is the fullness of people, the fullness of, of all the believers around the world that, that in the last days, in particular in the last days, younger and old generations. Every person born again in the spirit of God and has accepted to follow Yeshua and return for the, and return to the Father's obedience and was granted a lamp or has become a lamp to fulfill a duty to shine. But this lamp will only shine if it has the oil. So the lamp and the oil have to exist together. The lamp and the oil have to exist together. So in other words, when you became, when you were born again, when you became believer and accepted Yeshua in your heart, you actually became a lamp. It's like a lamp 
was granted to you, like, I don't know how, but in the spiritual terms, you were, you were converted to a lamp. But this lamp is, has to exist with the oil. And, 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 and the two make what? Burn. The two will burn out. The two will, 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 will burn out for love and for, for, for passion. And so where do we get this oil? Uh, next uh, slide, please. Okay, yeah, that was that. It's every person born again in the Spirit of God and has accepted to follow Yeshua and return to the Father's obedience was granted a lamp or has become a lamp to fulfill a duty to shine. Next slide, please. So we can see in Acts 2, as a, I'm just showing the complete Jewish Bible version. It says, that it's in, I'm just going to jump into verse 3. Uh, we all know this is the, in the Shavuot or in the, in the feast of the Pentecost, Shavuot festival. And, well, I'm just going to read everything. It says, the festival of Shavuot arrived and the believers all gathered together in one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from the sky, from the sky, like the roar of a violent wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting then they saw what looks like a tongues of fire which separated and came to rest on each one of them. And they were what? They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So in other words, they, became, they all were lamps. And that, that picture in, in right next, it's interesting that this is more of a contemporary picture of, of, of a uh, modern day believers and they have flames right on top of their of, of their heads and that's that's exactly what the scripture was mentioning that like like probably was a, a manifestation of the real thing happening in the spirit that we all were that we all have uh, like a flame uh, how to say that, that it sits on, on top of us, but we, we can't see it, right? But in the spirit, it's there. So, what I'm trying to say is that when Yeshua spoke, uh, I'm just going to say uh, this actually, uh, if, you, if you remember in the Hanukkah version, what, what, what was the, the, the main thing of the Hanukkah? Is the oil, right? The, the, what was the, 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 the miracle of the, of the Hanukkah? Is that they didn't have the oil. And they needed to produce the oil, and the oil lasts for eight, eight, eight days, right? And what is the eight? It's the infinite. It's the infinite number. So the oil is related to the lamp, and the lamp. And if you, and, and another very good example is that uh, the menorah. What was the condition for the menorah in the in the temple in the holies of holies that it needs to burn what on daily basis, every day, nonstop? Right? Well, in the same thing, our lamp, we have to, we, we have to be, it has to be filled with oil because we need to burn 24-7. So this is, this is, uh, and there's a lot of samples in the, in the Bible that, that we can see how the, the oil is related to the lamp and how we coexist or, or need to have the oil filled in order for us to shine. 
So when Yeshua spoke this parable, he was thinking of you and me, especially in those of us who are part of the congregation of the last age that will contemplate his return. Yeshua spoke this parable or slash prophecy to warn us that he expects to find believers burning with passion for him when he returns. He expects to find a congregation whose heart is on fire for him, a community ablaze with love. Yeshua is warning us that we need to burn in love for him in the midst of a dark wave and a spiritual coldness on global scale, where everything will attack the fire that is in our hearts to put it down, to put it out from us. Next slide. And our responsibility is to ensure we have enough oil for the final hour. In the context of the parable, who is the bridegroom? Yeshua, right? Yeshua is Yeshua. And when he talks about the virgins, who is he talking about? Us. I mean, in this parable, we, we are there. We are, we are in that parable. That parable is still alive and it's current. And it's actually having been fulfilled and it's, that it's about to take place. I wanted to point out, uh, can you go to the next slide? In Matthew 25, I'm trying to read it again. It says, but while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived and the, and, the, and the virgins who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. So only the virgins, only the believers who were in the correct position. In other words, this parable speaks about believers. It's 10 virgins. And you know what are the, the 10 virgins in the Hebrew mindset or in the Hebrew uh, the wedding, in the Jewish weddings? The, 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 the ten bridesmaids or, or, the, or the virgins, were a, they play a very uh, special role on, in, in the wedding. They were the ones announcing the, 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 the bridegroom coming because there was no cell phones, there was no communication. So it was more of a, uh, a word of mouth communication. So it was no, no electronics. So they were, they, they were the ones announcing. So these ten bridesmaids or, or uh, yeah, uh, bridesmaids or, or uh, virgins, they were the ones announcing the, the coming of, of, of the bridegroom. They were saying, here he comes, here he comes. So, if they were, so in other words, they were previously invited to, to the wedding. So in other words, these 10 virgins, you know, and you and I, when we accept Yeshua and, we, and, and became safe and we became believers, we all get, were granted with a ticket to be in that place. So we are there and we will we all be, uh, how to say, uh, we, we were granted to uh, partake in the wedding. So everyone is there, all, all believers. So that par parable in particular is just believers. But how, how do we know this prophecy is true? Uh, next slide, please. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's it, that's it. So how do we know this prophecy is true? Because a similar event 
has already happened. I don't know if you remember that on, on uh, Genesis 7, 16, uh, it says, verse, yeah, verse 16 says, Those who enter went in, male and female, from every kind of living being, and God has, as God has ordered him, and Adonai shot him inside. So we see that in, in, like, in the parable of the ten virgins, who shot the door? I, I, it says actually, and the door was shot. And, and that is announcing a future event. But here we have in the past, in the, in the, in the flood event, that who, who shut the door? Adonai, God. So he's the one who's going to shut the door. He's going to close the door. When Yeshua, uh, when Yeshua comes and he gathers all the believers, all the ones who were ready, all the ones who were ready, and he will close and he will shut the door and he will close the door in the same way he did it in the ark. So this event already happened, all right? According to the Bible context, and it's going to happen again. That door is going to be closed. Make sure that's going to happen exactly as the word is saying. So this is why we know that parable is not just a parable of a moral context of just saying something nice. It's actually a, 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 a prophecy, all right? Yeshua reveals that the chosen ones in the last day will be divided in two groups. The wise virgins and the foolish virgins. They were virgins, but some were wise and some were foolish Five of, the, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Yeshua is warning that in our, that in our days, 50% of the world's believers will be granted access to the wedding and 50% will be discarded. I don't know exactly if this is the, the 50%. I don't know the exact number. But at least the, 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 the word of God, the parable, is showing that a big portion of, of, true, of actual believers... They'll have a lamb, but they don't have oil. They'll, they'll be denying the access to the banquet. From a heaven's perspective, from the heaven's perspective, you and I will not be classified by denom de denominational groups. Or if we belong to a specific group that believers in the Bible, it says, or, or if we belong to a specific group, that believes in the Bible in certain way, or if you're a Christian or Pentecostal, Messianic, Orthodox, Reformed, Baptist, or Assemblies of God, from a heaven's perspective, the last day believers will not be classified by some particular aspect of doctrines, like whether salvation is Lord or save, always save, or whether I believe the rapture is a pre or post. Or that if I follow a specific liturgy created by a particular rabbi, or, or if I believe that the ten horn is the, of the dragon, whatever. And I mean, it's not, this is not what, what, what Yeshua is showing in, in, in his word. From a heavenly perspective, next slide. Oh. Next, please. Yeah, there you go. From a heavenly perspective, the congregation of believers of the end days will be classified in two groups. The prudent and the wise, and the foolish and the stubborn. And the question this morning is, which group 
are you going to belong to? Which group? Because according to Yeshua, what determines our wisdom or foolishness is the oil. The oil will determine if we are part of the most important and incredible event in human history, in human history, or if we are left out. The oil is so vital that the virgins who, who ran out of, of oil stayed outside the wedding, calling Yeshua desperately to open it for them, and they could not enter this long await moment. Yeshua's answer, next slide. Yeah, yeah, I read that. According to Yeshua, well, terms your wisdom. There you go, thank you. Yeshua's answer is very obvious to all believers that had their lamps but not the oil. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, who, who, who are the others? The other foolish virgins, right? And, 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 and what are they? They had a lamp. They were invited, right? Later, the, other day, the, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. I don't know you. So this is, so this is the position we never want to be. <laughs> we never want to be in this position to have or, or, or to have Yeshua say, I don't know you. I'm sorry, I give you the lamb, but, but you never had intimacy with me. I give you the lamb, but, but you, you never work it out. You, you never actually, you know, uh, follow my commandments or you, you, you never share. You never attend the, 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 the needy, the orphan, the elder. You never cultivate the oil. I don't know you. So this is a really hard situation and a really hard position that we don't want to be on. In the Bible, there are no casual details. Absolutely everything that Yeshua said was very important. There is no word left over in the gospel and everything has a meaning. Every single thing has a meaning. And when Yeshua says that his return is at midnight, he was referring to something specific because for the Hebrews, for the Hebrew mindset, midnight was the darkest time of the night. It represented the darkness of darkness. For the Hebrew mindset, the Jewish mindset, the midnight represents the deepest darkness. And so when Yeshua tells us that his return is at midnight, he's warning us that his return will be a time of great darkness on global scale. Yeshua warned us that the whole world will be covered with deep darkness. Darkness also represents moral and spiritual decadence. In the Hebrew mind, above all, but above all, this darkness will be a big time of confusion. Confusion. Next slide. No. Previous. There. First, uh, no, actually, you have another one, another previous? No, the, 
Oh, just, just, just leave it there. Probably it's not there. Sorry. Confusion. Loss of, of explicit references. This is con confusion. Loss of explicit references. Let's imagine that the, that the lights in this place go out. So, so we lose reference. What is the left and right? Because it's so dark. And we're just going like, you know, we, we can't really uh, determine if it's left or right. And we can fall because the darkness confuses us, right? So Yeshua spoke of a great confusion from the word loss of correct references. But thanks God, he gave us the Torah that is the light of our path. Today, the Western world in the universities is questioning everything that has made us civilization. They call it deconstruction. Now, next slide. I know, there you go. Thank you. Deconstruction of the family model. You know what is the de deconstruction? It's, it's in, in the universities in Europe and here in America. Uh, deconstruction is, is not actually uh, breaking down or it means something that is analyzing and, and, and especially the words in a work of fiction or nonfiction is to discover its true significance. According to the new uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, studies or, or the new information that we're getting from uh, colleges and, 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 and the uh, supposed to be scholars is that we have to reconstruct and, and deconstruct all society, you know, everything. They want to deconstruct, de de do, they want to do the deconstruction of the family model, they want to do deconstruction of the identity, which is happening, they want to do the deconstruction of, sexual of sexuality. They want to do the deconstruction of morality. They want to do deconstruction of history. When the foundations are blown up, civilizations fall, which has already happened in human history with the fall of great civilizations. We, we, we've seen that in the past. Today, all the references that give life to civilizations are being called into question. And from so much deconstructing, the world is becoming more stupid, you know, it's true. A clear consequence that very little has been discussed is youth suicide. They're committing suicide. In the last two years, this is so great in the West and they do not understand why young people do not find meaning in life and they end their existence. It's happening. They, they, the youth, they're committing suicide because they, they just don't know, they, they don't understand the meaning of life. Just to name a few other samples, right? This is one of them. When the light goes out, the evil entities come out to consume the soul of a confused generation that no longer distinguishes between good and evil. A generation that is already confused that what it wears down on, on its legs defines his sexuality. The lords of the night say they're building a better world, but they're destroying it. If you want to think that when you are distracted, if you want to think that when you're distracted, messing around with things, 
that they want you to mess around, they're using this time to move things in the back burner that will be used against us. This is a war strategy. Distraction is a war strategy by the enemy. But for us, darkness should not be a problem. Darkness should be an opportunity. Because you and I are part of the movement inaugurated by the one who, who proclaims to be the light of the world. And we are the light representing Yeshua. During this time of confusion in the world, we as believers should be the true resistance. Places place in the correct position to be the reference for life. Next slide. Thank you. We believers must be the reference to what the family really is. We must be the reference of identity. We should be the reference for sexuality. We must be the reference for morality. We should be the reference for history. Our responsibility is to expose the light of God in darkness. You have to know that this time will be very dangerous. In the next years, in the next 10 years, if you dare to be the light amid confusion, you have to be prepared for persecution. Because there's nothing that the lords of the night hate that a congregation of believers that shines and becomes the reference for society. He hated. He hated. They will hate us. And you and I must be prepared when they ask us to stop congregating or even to force us to stop believing, to put you a gun. No, just, just declare you don't believe in God or whatever that has happened already. And it's happening in other countries. And it happened in history. The only true resistance is the community of believers, which is, or in other words, the church, the chosen ones. Next slide. No, a previous. Oh, just leave it there. I'm sorry. I'm coming that way. <laughs> sorry. The only true resistance is the community of believers. And we have to take a stand to be, to be either the wise ones or the foolish ones. We must decide not to stop when the rest of the world tell us to, to shut up. No, tell us, shut up, don't. It's like, oh, it's just gonna feel, you know, like, like the vampires when you spray holy water. They, they, they just can't take it. We must decide not to stop when the rest of the world tell us to, is telling us to shut up. We have to decide if we're willing to give our lives because this message in about 10 years could kill you. This message I'm talking about right here could cause me jail. Or we can, it can actually cost our lives. Are you willing to give your life for, for Yeshua? Even your life? It may cost you a good job or your reputation or even jail. Because when you get involved in the affairs outside in the dark of the dark, you became the enemy. 
And we must act smart and always keep a door open to share about Yeshua is the true light. Next slide. And we have second prophecy. Give me one second. Did I read the first prophecy? <laughs> Sorry, I need help. Second prophecy. The chosen ones will experience numbness. And we can read it on, on uh, verse 5. It says, the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So how many fell asleep? All of them. All of the ten virgins fell asleep. All of them. So that is interesting. Because all of the, all of the virgins fell asleep. And this is something that we have to be very aware. Yeshua is warning us that the believers of the last days or the generation that with his, his return will have one of his greatest battles, which is sleepiness. Sleepiness. How do you say that? Sleepiness? Sleepiness. <laughs> A great challenge for all believers will be not to fall asleep, which I think will be you and I. I have observed this, in par and in particular, in younger generations, as if their heart is shutting down and they're numb as they were under anesthesia. Like, like I don't know, like anesthesia. Many of them, I, I have observed they don't want to pray or fast or cultivate intimacy with God. In the next 10 years, apathy, apathy? will be the one of the most significant threats to believers. The evil one knows he cannot kill the body of Yeshua, so he tries to put us all, all to sleep. Next slide. Because a sleeping congregation looks very similar to a dead congregation. If you see a dead person and a sleeping person, they look about the, the, the same, right? If you take a picture, if you, if, you, if you take a picture of them, they will look the same. Although in one there's life and in the other one there's death. But they look about the same. And the evil one knows that the closest thing to a dead community of believers or a dead church or a dead community is a church that is, that, that is asleep and under anesthesia. One of the various ways, the various ways, the, the ways the evil is infiltrating and getting us, uh, and getting us all vaccinated with anesthesia, it's like, psh, is through technology, social media, and smartphones, cell phones, smartphones. I'm sorry, <laughs> have to say it. <laughs> I don't want to exaggerate. But this is true, and this technology is used as a needle to anesthetize this generation. They're numbing, next, next, next slide. They're numb, numbing, numbing our hearts and souls through the excess of entertainment. The excess of entertainment is a dangerous a sin. At least sin, you can see it coming, right? At least a sin, you can see it coming and you can avoid it. You can decide, no, I'm not going to see. But entertainment is very subtle. And it's free. And, it, and it's not actually prohibited. No, you can 
get entertainment. But the excess of entertainment is a dangerous a sin. The excess of entertainment is a thief of purposes. The excess of entertainment drains you of the passion that should be dedicated to God in your relationship with him. The excess of entertainment is a shut down bottom, bottom for your soul. We almost have to, we almost have the smartphone incorporated in our bodies. It's like right here. <laughs> Everywhere. I'm a technology guy. I've worked in computers and, and I'm not saying this is wrong, this is bad, but, but honestly, this technology, they want us to put this in our heads or in our bodies. That's exactly what they want. They want to put this technology, everything, the exact thing inside of us, right? It's the last thing when you touch, when you go to sleep, right? So you're going to fall asleep. And you go like, <laughs> it's the last thing we touch when you go to sleep. And it's the first thing we feel when we get up, right? We just wake up and <laughs> the phone right away, right? No? I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> That's true. So it's happening. I work on a computer, I work on a computer all day, and I notice this myself, right? I'm not, it's not terrible to have a phone or a computer. The bad thing is the excess of information and entertainment possess, uh, possess us. All these technologies possessing us is, is, is interfering with a godly purpose and is distracting us from the real meaning as believers because we're lamps. But we have to cultivate the oil. But if we're distracted, we look like that. Our younger generations are extremely vulnerable. Please be aware that this technology is robbing you of a time that should be dedicated to your eternal purpose. We need to remember that Yeshua will demand from us, how we use our time. That's one of the precious things we have, the time. How you use the time, so it will be demanded. All the time, all the 24-7 days. What do you did with that? So it's going to be demanded. So we have to be wise. In conclusion, so that means I'm close to finish. <laughs> we have talked about things that are not very pretty. We have talked about how much darkness and gloom will come to the world. We have spoken that there will be much loss of references and confusion that, and that they will persecute us for being the light In, uh, I think in Revelations, it's actually mentioned that literally a cloud of darkness will cover the entire earth. And we, we, we can see it now. It is happening as we speak, but it's actually going to intensify. It's going to progress. 
And, it's gonna, and, and so are you going to be ready? Are you going to keep your lamp full of oil and burning in passion, filled with the Ruach HaKodesh in times of trouble, in times where society and all laws and everything is going to turn on, on, on us because just because we're believers in Yeshua. We mention it that all believers will have to fight against not falling asleep and the coldness of the heart that make us lose sensitivity to love one another and for the ministry of God. We have spoken about that for the next years, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to keep our lamps burning with oil. But my, my dear brothers and sisters, Yeshua gave us a third prophecy that is, excites me a lot. And I become a servant of Yeshua and I try to continue in the race because of this. The third prophecy. There you go. A great awakening will take place in believers. The Spirit of God will touch our hearts and will awaken us to know when Yeshua will come for us. And we can read in verse 6, it says, At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. We will know Yeshua, and we will know Yeshua in all his glory and splendor, and we will be taken together with him. Amen. Next slide. Yes, it says, then the sign of a son of man will appear in the sky and all the tribes of the land will mourn. Why? And they will see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with tremendous power and glory. Next slide. The priority is the oil. For the next years, a thick cloud of darkness will take over the earth and lonely only with enough oil and the fullness of the Spirit will be able to thrive in this time of major challenge for all humanity in general and for all the community of believers throughout the earth. A time of great distress. Everything around us will want to try to put it out, that flame in us, that it will be our responsibility to keep burning. It's our responsibility to keep that flame burning. Just like the disciples who received the Spirit and a flame of fire was manifested in their heads. You know, it shows in the Bible how it was literally manifested in their heads. We, we, in the spiritual dimension, carry a burning flame that is visible to the lords of darkness. The evil can see that flame. The evil can detect. Oh, this, uh, that's, that burning flame is the seal on our forehead that is not visible to us, but it's visible in the darkness. And therefore, he cannot kill us, but they will try to distract us so we don't fulfill our responsibility to shine. We have become lambs. But have, uh, we have become lambs, but have little 
or, or but if we have little or no or no oil the lamb does not fulfill its function and it's only a decorative element so are we just decorative element lamps we just we we have the lamb but we have it we're just making nice we pretty we shine the lamb and we make it pretty and 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 and, and we just have you know the, the impression that uh that I have flames, that I burn in passion, but that's something you know. Everybody inside knows what you're carrying. The oil is the fuel. The oil is, is a fruit that, that is cultivated. We cultivated the oil with intimacy in Yeshua and our Creator. We cultivate the oil by sharing our faith with others and in helping the elderly, the elderly, the widows, the orphans, the sick and the needy, lovingly, lovingly observing his commandments, reading and meditating on the Bible, loving one another among believers, refusing evil and temptation. And the question is, are we just making our lamps pretty? Yeshua explains to us that the oil is non-transferable. Transfer, transferable. This may sound illogical since the world, the, the word, tell us that the blessing is in giving rather than receiving, right? He says we're here to give. And it's, it's, I mean, there's more blessing in to give than in to receive. But... In this, next slide, please. Thank you. But Yeshua says that the oil cannot be shared. The oil is not, is something personal. Intimacy with Yeshua is personal. We cannot live in the oil of others. The oil of your parents the oil of your husband or the oil of the preacher. Your, your own oil is your responsibility and nobody will be able to grow it for you. And this is the priority for every believer in the next years. So brothers and sisters, I just wanna close with a prayer. And uh, thank you so much, and, and uh, may God help us and bless us and help us to fill our lamps so, so we can have jars, right, jars of oil. But unfortunately, we're not going to be, I mean, right now we, we can share and transfer, but, but at the time when he comes, we have to be ready. We have to be in the correct position Maybe we have to discard, we have to get rid of information and knowledge or, or things you know. Whatever it takes you to be in the correct position. Whatever it takes you to have intimacy with your creator, with Yeshua, and to fill your lamp with oil. So thank you so much. Thank you. Heavenly Father, 
We wanted to close this trash. We want to close this. Uh, we're asking you, Heavenly Father, to help us fill our lamps. Help us, Heavenly Father, not to have uh, just a pretty lamp that we shine it, that we take care of the lamp, but we actually, Heavenly Father, fill it with oil. Heavenly Father, help us have intimacy with you and help us like, like your daughter, uh, Elisa Norman, explaining in her video, help us pray the right direction. What we need to do, Heavenly Father, to collect the oil. We don't want to be in the position to be left out. We are believers. We believe, but we were left out. We don't want to be in that position, Heavenly Father. Help us all as community to understand that we need each other in this endeavor. Is that we need as community to help one another, love one another. And in this way, while the kingdom of heaven is at hand, we can uh, share your word and be the light and fulfill the purpose of the call you gave us. Heavenly Father, we ask you to please fill us with your Ruach HaKodesh. Give us your, your divine spirit on our hearts. So we can follow you, Heaven. We can follow you. So we can have our lamps ready. Filled with your oil, burning in passion for him. In Yeshua's name, amen.